ladies this morning. Come on. How many of you have something to be thankful for this year? This is the last day of 2017 with all of our hearts. One more time. Come on, let's give God praise. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy over our lives. For your provision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, man, they're going to turn up around here. Don't even look at me. You'll turn up more than that tonight about midnight. So don't. How many of you know Jesus deserves at least as much? Can I, can I get an amen about right now? All right. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. I love our worship team. Aren't you thankful for them? Somebody say amen. I'm excited today to start a new series. Uh, kind of strange to do it at the end of the year. Usually we do kind of a review sort of message. But I've, I have been through um, the socks and underwear series since it was a shared series. I had some time to just really dig in and get in the Word and, and, and sort of ramp up a couple of notches my devotional life and my prayer time and just seeking the Lord for 2018 and some of the things that we want to bring to you and planning some sermon series and talking to our leadership team. Excited about this next year, what is ahead of us. It's going to be an absolutely life-changing turn in terms of the direction of this ministry and what God has called us to do as a people in the Delta. And so I'm just telling you, amazing things are ahead. 2018 is going to be the, the year of enlargement. God is going to enlarge our hearts for this city and this community and the Delta, this region. And not just there, but for the world. Because we, we, we have been for years employing a kingdom principle. That is that we, we think globally, but we act locally. And, and we think in large terms, but we're not afraid of the day of small things. We're willing to, to, to see that inside every seed, God has planted the potential for a whole forest. And so we're willing to, to take those baby steps so that we can begin to learn to crawl and then get up and toddle along and then begin to run and grow and become stronger. And, and, and in the same way that you see the progression of growth in the life of a child, God has grown this church over the years in terms of the leadership, in terms of the people, the teams, the spirit of unity the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our hunger for Him in this place, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. This has been an amazing Christmas season. I had all, all my kids, I only have two. Um, but, and our new soon-to-be daughter-in-law, which I don't like that term. I want to say daughter-in-love um, because Holly is just a gem that I believe God has um, given to Drew. We're excited next September those two will... Uh, become one, and so we're planning for that and excited about those days ahead for both of them. Um, I took Abby back to the airport on Wednesday, and she flew back to New York City. Lots of crazy opportunities are opening up, and we'll be sharing some of those with you in the future. There's just some things she's put a staple to my mouth and said, don't tell it until I'll tell you you can tell it. And so wonderful things are happening. And uh, same with Drew and Holly. It's just amazing. We had a great time. Uh, way, way, way different Christmas than it was last year. And I'm grateful. I just want to say to you this morning that I could not have made it through this year, through 2017, had it not been for your support, for your prayers, phone calls, texts, encouragements that still come. There's a couple of pastors in the city that just randomly, every three or four weeks, or maybe sometimes every six weeks or now, will say, hey, I've not stopped praying for you. 
And I'm thankful to God for those brothers in the city and for people in this congregation, men and women who have stood beside us and lifted us up before the presence of the Lord because this is, has been a remarkable time. Both of my children said, I can't believe how great this Christmas has been. And, and we didn't do a whole lot of gifts. Um, it was just really about time together. <clears throat> and uh, God blessed us with a lot, of, a lot of time to be able to just sit and talk and laugh and remember and to, to laugh about the things of, that Dawn did and uh, as a mom and as a wife. And so <clears throat> just want to say to you that uh, I've been looking forward to this time. The team did an amazing job. Pastor Haley came up with the idea for socks and underwear. Pastor Jeremy knocked the ball out of the park. Pastor Johnny, one of our youth pastors, came along and did the same thing. And uh, so while that was going on, I was getting ready for this. And so we're starting a new series this morning called Divine Connections. I believe that God ordains relationships in our lives that cannot be described in any other way than a divine connection. Dawn and I met and it was a divine connection. It wasn't just uh, male-female attraction, but I knew it was a God thing. We started this church and God brought lifelong friends when we were in a little what we call the shoebox, renting 1,500 square feet at 620 West Broadway across from Hamilton Schultz football field at West Memphis High School there behind what used to be Phil Ford State Farm Insurance Agency, renting from him. And we started out with just a little handful of people. And it grew and it began to develop into something and God brought me another divine connection, Jack and Tina Murphy. And they have lasted and stayed with us some 26, 27 of the 28, 29 years, however many it is. I'm not going to stop time and take time to calculate, but they've been there. How many of you know consistency is valuable? Give Jack and Tina a hand. I, I have watched them grow up. I mean, I've watched, not watched them grow up. I've watched their children, sorry. Their two sons grow up here in the house of the Lord and see them become contributing uh, individuals to the community and important parts of this local church. A few years later, God brought the Graftons to victory, and Scott Grafton became a divine connection in terms of being one of our elders, one of our shepherds. And, and please, don't, I'm not going to take a long time and go down the list because there's so many in this room. You, you have been here, and you've been faithful, and, and you're leading ministries, you're leading teams, and and I'm so grateful for you. There's a connection there. You're, there's a connection that I'm thankful that I know that I had when I was nine years old. On a Sunday night when I went down to the altar at 2nd Street at the First United Pentecostal Church where Reverend Bob McCool Sr. was the pastor. And I got on my knees and asked Jesus into my heart. And my life has never been the same. It was a divine connection. It was a connection between me and the Lord Jesus Christ, through the person of the Holy Spirit. And it changed my life. Divine connections have that way of doing that. There are things that we need to have in play for us to enjoy the fullness of life that Jesus came for us to have. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the job description of our enemy, the devil, Diabolos. Satan, the adversary, he, he steals, he kills, he destroys. He is, the, he is the ultimate abortionist. He is the ultimate murderer. He's the ultimate liar. 
He will steal from you. He will kill you if he gets a chance. He will destroy your dreams and your life and knock the breath out of you. But Jesus says, but, everybody say, but, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, the King James says. The NIV says, have it to the fullest. And I believe there are things that we need to have in line, that need to be connected. Um, You'll notice on the front of your bulletin that there are a bunch of light bulbs and they're just laying there loose. Okay, give me a second and I'm going to make that an illustration somehow. Okay, this is it right here. When you're not connected, I promise before God that that was not planned. And I appreciate whatever team member is going to help me clean that up after this message. And I'm not going to shout too hard on that side to grind it in. Um, But wow, what an illustration. When you're just laying around out of socket and you're not functioning where you need to be, breakage is a little more likely to happen in your life. Um, If you'll notice, we've had this kind of uh, lighting display. We, We change out our background about every year just to kind of keep it fresh. And everything up here looks great, but if you look really, really closely, there are three bulbs that are not shining. Um, too often, I have gone to the top uh, shelf in my closet in my garage, which is kind of a resource supply closet, and all of the light bulbs for my house and the different sizes and those that fit in the, in the ceiling fans and and, and trying to slowly switch to LED, and I've, I've taken out a second mortgage on my house so that I can do that. I'm just kidding. And, and so just trying to slowly make that, that transfer. Um, you know, once in a while, one of the old incandescent bulbs goes out, and I immediately go to pull off the, the bin off the top shelf in, in the closet supply room right there in my garage, and I bring it down, bring it into the house, put it on the counter in the kitchen, and I pick the bulb that I know I need, and I go in there, and begin to fiddle with the bulb that looks like it's out all too often to realize that how I don't know how it happens I don't know if if my house is vibrating some kind of way or what but too often when I first fiddle with the bulb I find out that it just wasn't what it just wasn't connected and, 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 and so more often than not before I ever now make the trip all the way out there and reach way up tall or high on the top I have learned to try first and see if maybe the bulb is loose and it's not making a connection. You know, you, you can be out of sockets and have a greater tendency to be broken. Do you know you can be right in place? You can be sitting in a pew in church and still not be connected. And so what I want to say to you this morning is that there's some things that need to be connected in our lives for us to have the power that God wants us to have, for us to be the people that He has called us to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right. That's that's pretty good. Pretty good start. So we're going to end the year on this thought. So we go into the new year being connected fully. As the ball drops tonight, I want you screwed into the socket as tight as you can be so that you are fully connected to the whole power source of all God has for you. All right, title of the message this morning is called Unity and the Power of Connection. Everybody say unity. Unity and the Power of Connection. My scripture this morning is found in John 15 
And I believe that I'm going to get about, I think, eight verses. I think your notes start at four, but I'm going to read you the first three just to set the context, okay? John 15, it's this beautiful passage about the vine and the branches. Jesus says, I am the vine, the father is the gardener, the husbandman. And we know the importance of being connected. Everybody say connected. Of being joined. Uh, The King James says abiding in the vine. Uh, The NLT says remaining. And so we want to get there and be joined and stay there. Listen, this is from the message. I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape bearing he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Now, before we get into the part where you come in, and I'm going to have you read with me, I, I, did you notice that both of those folks get pruned? If you're bearing fruit, you get pruned so you bear more. And if you're not bearing fruit, you get pruned and lopped off. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're pruned if you do, and you're pruned if you don't. Now, you won't ever forget that because I know what you're thinking. One more time, look at somebody else and say, you're pruned if you do, and you're pruned if you don't. So you just need to get used to it. Pruning is a blessing. If you're bearing fruit, God in season is going to prune areas of your life so that you can produce more fruit. Now, how many of you know we've been in a pruning season? How many of you know 2018 is a fruit-bearing season? Somebody say amen. Now, I want you to read the next five verses out loud with me, everybody. Here we go. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you're what? Joined with me. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be what? Abundant. Separated. Look, stop. What is it? Separated, disconnected, apart from, disfellowshipped, no prayer life, out of the Word. You can still be sitting in the socket. Yeah, I'm going to say you're even saved. Jesus uh, is your Savior. The Father is your Heavenly Father. But you're not connected. Everybody say separated. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. Now read this. Here we go. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. How many of you know that's where you get your prayers answered? Staying in Him, staying connected, His words in you, you abiding in Him, remaining in Him, being joined to Him, And I love this. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes. And he says, I'm not even talking about grapes. This is it. When you mature as my disciples. So God wants us to grow up. Everybody say grow up. All right, we've got one thing this morning that I want to bring to bear. And this, this is the chorus of this sermon. We will sing this repeatedly through the, I have two big points. We'll sing this over and over. Say it with me. Make sure you're plugged into Jesus. A faulty connection means 
power failure. Come on, say it like you mean it. Make sure you're plugged in to Jesus. A faulty connection means power failure. Pray with me this morning. Gracious Father, we're overwhelmed at your love. Even as we sang this morning that your love is like a tidal wave, like a hurricane that we can't escape. We stop for this moment and we thank you that you've literally washed over us and bowled us over with your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, everyone in this room has experienced difficult circumstances this year, some more than others. Every one of us has experienced a pruning of some kind. We look forward to a season of fruitfulness. Check our hearts today, Father. You, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can show us where there's a disconnection, where we're a little loose and we need to get plugged in. We need to get tightened in to the, to the power source. Holy Spirit, move in this place today. I ask you, especially for a man or a woman, a boy or a girl that might be sitting in this service today who has never crossed the line of faith and asked Jesus to be the Savior, the Lord of their life. Help us, oh God, today to plainly and clearly present the gospel and the love of God that is so great that no one can misunderstand it or be disconnected from it. I humbly ask you this in Jesus' name and everybody said, make sure you're plugged into Jesus. A faulty connection means power failure. I uh, experienced a little difficulty with Wi-Fi and with my television signal and so I called my service provider and after going through the menu for literally about 18 minutes and pushing numbers and giving them my phone number and my area code and confirming the, the place, the, the location that I was calling from and uh, telling them over the line, talking to a computerized voice, the problem that I had, begging for an operator. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Begging for a customer service agent, customer service, that's almost an oxymoron these days, uh, after finally getting through and speaking to someone to tell them that I was not able to get Wi-Fi. And I needed that because I was working on, I was actually working, I was working on a message. And so much of what I do now is not getting up and walking across the room and pulling a book off the shelf, but it's uh, Googling or actually going to those, uh, the rest of this message will be in tongues. I pray you have the gift of interpretation. Uh, going to those specific sources online, whether it's a Greek lexicon or, or Hebrew studies or whatever, to be able to get a, a better grasp. Um, I, I don't take a lot of time you know, showing Greek words unless it's such a clear uh, depiction of an English word that you can see right in it. And so I don't take time because I just really want to get to the meat of it. But I feel like I have to grasp that and understand it better in order to make it clear to everyone else. It was one of the great preachers. He was an Anglican. Uh, David Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of my heroes of the faith, was the pastor of Westminster Abbey. And he, he wrote a great book for preachers. And it's called Preachers and Preaching. Very simple. But he said, if, if there's a mist in the pulpit, then there's a fog in the pew. And so if something is misty with me, then it's even going to be more uh, misunderstood 
than it is if I can be very clear and very, very plain with it. And so I'm always trying to make those connections uh, if I possibly can. And so I was studying, and I had called the service provider, and I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't uh, get anything. And, and I said, I think you need to send out a technician. And so she goes through a list of troubleshooting things with me before... Uh, they they scheduled a service call, you know, which is going to be about eight months from now, and um, it's a little exaggeration. And, and and so actually, she says to me, she says, "Have you checked to see if your modem is plugged in?" <laughs> and and I said, "Ma'am, do you actually have people tell you no when they call you?" I'd already done all that. I really had. I, I, I had. I know some of you were thinking, he really is an idiot. He looks like one. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. I, I checked the, the connections. I checked the cable, all this stuff. And I, I turned it off and I rebooted and I restarted and still couldn't get anything. And I said, I just, I'm just curious. And, and I'm sure there was a little edge to my voice. And I'm not being nasty with her in any kind of way. And I said, do, do people really answer that in the negative when you ask them, have you checked the connections? She said, sir... And it was a long pregnant pause. She said, you would not believe how many people call me wanting to schedule a service call and it's a loose connection. It's, they need to make sure that it's tightened into the wall and they need to make sure that it's plugged into the back of their modem. Same message. Uh, this happened to me actually several months back and I remembered it as I was prepping for this series. And so I want to tell you this morning is, remember what is our one thing? Make sure you're plugged into Jesus because a faulty connection means power failure. It means you don't get the signal that you need to get, whether that's cable TV or direct TV or whether that's Wi-Fi or whether that's whatever kind of service that you're looking to try to draw out of the airwaves or cellularly or whatever you do. Cellularly, is that a word? It should be. Um, so I have two big points this morning that I want to bring to you. The first point is, very simply, stay plugged in. Tell your neighbor right now, say, stay plugged in. I have, I have a psalm that I want to grab. I have a psalm, 133, which is part of what's called the Psalms of Degrees or the Psalms of Ascent. They run from 120 to 134. There were 15 psalms that were sung every year as the children of Israel went into Jerusalem at the three holy feasts, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles, and they would sing and recite and chant these psalms on the way as they went up to the temple of God. There are 15 of these psalms. Interestingly enough, there are 15 steps up Solomon's temple. 15 in Scripture is the number of rest. I don't want to get too detailed but just to simply say that, that God doesn't spare any details. Everything has a meaning. Uh, everything is very important because God desires that we would all enter into His rest. How many of you know that His rest has a name and His name is Jesus? We're not working to get there. If you get Jesus, Jesus has already done the work and He's bringing you there. Come on, somebody say amen. And so this is almost at the end of those Psalms of Ascent. They've been heading into Jerusalem. All of the faithful pilgrims are going into the city to, to, to gather at those three holy times a year and to worship God in the beauty of holiness. And this is one that has always been a favorite of mine, Psalm 133. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. 
How many of you know how beautiful family is when you can just get along? How many of you know it's hard to just get along? How many of you know that the most wonderful things in your life are the most difficult things in your life? Relationships are the icing on the cake and they're the fly in the ointment at the same time. Come on, if you tell the truth, every one of you probably sat down at a table with everybody in your family that you love and probably one or two that you love anyway. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There, there are folks that it is... Um, uh, one, one pastoral writer referred to them this way, EGRs. EGR, you know, how, you know how you know when someone is an EGR? Everybody say, extra grace required. <laughs> I'll just confess to you right now, I've been an EGR at times in my life. Before you think I'm thinking about any of you, my mind is only on me. There have been times when I've been an EGR. 2017, I've been an EGR. I've had a season where I've needed extra grace to walk through. And instead of ridiculing or pointing the finger or being judgmental, how about we just get a big old, if, if we just pull into the filling station and we get our tank full of grace so that we can pour out extra grace on those in our, in our church, in our home, in our lives, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, and that we can give some extra grace sometimes when it's required. Because how many of you know, nobody in the room has ever been at a point when you've never needed extra grace. He says, how wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. I love the message. I just don't think you can beat it. King James says, how lovely, how pleasant it is when, when brothers dwell together in unity. Now, that's nice. It's, that's Sunday school sounding. This really makes it a little more plain. How many of you know sometimes you have to work at getting along? And so he goes on to say, when you can do it, when you can make the effort, when you can actually believe the words of Jesus in red where he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. When I can determine sometimes even through gritted teeth that I'm going to get along. You know, you can get along with people you don't agree with. You can choose, you can agree to disagree and love each other in spite of it. And actually, if you will learn to sit down at the table, if you will learn to sit down at the table with people you disagree with, you'll actually find out that they have a heart and they have a dis different perspective than you do and you can actually grow and become a larger person if you learn to listen to and have a conversation with somebody else sometimes besides everybody who just directly agrees with you. I'd encourage everybody to, to do that with your news watching too. Whether you're an MSNBC advocate or, or you're a Fox News, glory to God, whatever it is. Because everybody, there's so many twisted. I'm trying to hit up both sides here. Remember, because the kingdom of God's in the middle. God's neither, but He loves all. Come on, somebody. Some of you can't believe that. Jesus came to die for folk that you don't like and don't agree with. How beautiful! When brothers and sisters get along, now look at what he begins to show us how beautiful it is. He says it's like costly anointing oil. And you're going to see a, an analogy here that he gives when the high priest was anointed for his office and authorized to do the function of his title. The high priest would be brought before the whole encampment of Israel and the 
the horn of oil would be poured out on the high priest's head. And this is a description of how that oil, this is not just a little dabble, do you? But when the high priest was anointed, he was literally doused in it. It was like bathed in it. And so we get the picture here. It's like the costly anointing oil. And the anointing oil always is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the oil that causes the lamp to burn. If your light's not shining, check the oil level in your lamp. Is there Holy Spirit? Are you connected? Are you, is your tank full of the Holy Spirit? You know, it's not just one time where you are filled, but the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled on a regular basis because we leak out and we have cracks. Somebody says... What is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I don't know about you, but an earthen vessel, a ceramic pot, sometimes has little cracks and uh, the oil will seep out. And so I need to be refilled all the time. Everybody say refilled. So it's like costly anointing oil. Now notice the pattern here. This is so beautiful. Everybody say it with me. Flowing down. It comes down over the head and the beard. So this is a mature this is not a brand new Christian. This is the high priest. He, he has a beard. He, he has some maturity, some experience, some wisdom, knowledge of God. Not just knowledge about God, but he knows God. And so it's like the costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, which was the brother of Moses, and Aaron became the high priest. And we have literally a depiction of a king-priest ministry marching into Egypt and delivering the children of Israel out from under the bondage of Pharaoh, a type of Satan, slavery, the bondage of sin. Moses is a picture of Jesus. Aaron is a picture of Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus is both king and priest. Somebody say amen. Flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. How many of you know the writer liked the words flowing down? Everybody say flowing down. He goes on to say it's like the dew on Mount Hermon, which is an old, ancient name for Zion. He says it's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. Now, I, I want to tell you this right now, and, and I don't want you to think that I'm saying anything politically or economically with it, but I want to tell you it's a kingdom of God principle that the blessings come from the top down. Now, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not promoting trickle-down economics because in the kingdom, if you get connected, it won't trickle. It's going to flow. Come on, somebody. Uh, but but it, it's recognizing that when we're connected to the top, when we stay connected to the head, when we abide in the vine, when we are joined to the Lord, then the anointing that is on the head, who is the head? Everybody say his name. He's the head. We're the body of Christ then the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit, the same oil that has power that drives the light that's on the head is also on the body. Unless you're disconnected, laying off somewhere. If you stay connected, if you stay joined, remember, make sure you're plugged into Jesus because a, a, a disconnection, a faulty connection means power failure. So kingdom blessings flow from the top down, from the head, from Jesus to the body. Now this is what I want to get to right here because this is the, this is the climactic part of this psalm. Read it. Yes. Say it. Come on. Yes. That's where God commands what? He ordains eternal life. How many of you want to be blessed in 2018? 
So what do you think you've just learned from this psalm? If you want to be blessed, you need, to, you need to stay connected. You need to get in unity. You need to be in unity in your family. You need to be in unity in this local church. You need to get in unity in your school where you're working. You know, you may disagree with some things, but how many of you know you can see a larger picture? Sometimes you need to see outside yourself and just say, I'm going to get in and support this, and I'm going to give my all in our community, in everything that we do to be an example, to be a light, to let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You can't have a light if you don't have any oil in the lamp. The bulb won't shine. I don't care how much potential is in every one of those bulbs up there. All it takes is just a little slight disconnection. Still hanging in the socket. Still part of the church, sitting in a pew, going to service on Sunday morning in their right spot, in the right place, but almost dead on the inside. Basking in the glow and the light of everybody else in the room, but there's not even a glimmer in my own heart because I'm disconnected. God ordains blessing. He commands blessing when folk get together. And so what I want you to see this morning is that God blesses those who guard unity. We need unity in the church. We need a commitment at the end, the last day of 2017, to not carry anything in our hearts of offense to of anybody else in this room, any part of this ministry. If you're mad at me, please come to me. I'll ask you to forgive me. Let's get it right. Let's clear our hearts. Let's confess sin. Let's make sure that we start the, the year with a clean slate that we get rid of anything that would cause a disconnection. I want to be in unity with you because when folk get in unity, God shows up. Come on, they, they got it over here. The Holy Ghost is in that section. Come on, everybody else give the Lord praise. Come on, come on. It's not for me. Come on, it's, this is the principle. You're affirming the principle. You're saying, yes, if we can just be together. Always be humble, Ephesians 4, 2, and 3. Humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Isn't it amazing how we just felt so glowy? We held candles together just a week ago, and we sang, Sleep in heavenly peace. Well, why aren't you peaceful this morning? Where is all that peace on earth we're asking for? It's work. We have to work to be at peace. We have to labor to guard the peace. I have to decide that I'm going to lay down my pride and I'm going to be humble and I'm going to be gentle and I'm going to be patient with your faults because I sure hope to God that you're humble and gentle and patient with mine. Oh, wait a minute, you're the pastor, you don't have any faults. Just hang around a few more Sundays, you'll, you'll see a few. They come out, I promise. Nobody's perfect in this church except Jesus. We showed up to worship Him. There are no, there are no leaders on pedestals here. The only reason I'm on three steps up is just so you can see me. I'll be glad to conduct the rest of it right here so everybody knows that we're all on the same level at the foot of the cross. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord praise. 1 Corinthians 1.10 I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. The King James says, say the same thing. 
That doesn't mean we have to agree on every little jot and tittle, but it means we agree on the big stuff. It means that we agree that God has set us in the delta to embrace diversity and to, to take the life-giving message of the gospel to this community that has been overrun and like a burnt overfield with religiosity and churchianity. Not Christianity, churchianity. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching so good. But we need to say the same thing. We need to see the same thing. And His name is Jesus. We need individual unity. You need to get unified in your own heart, in your own spirit, and in your own mind, and in your own actions. It is proven psychologically, behaviorally, that when you can become congruent, when, when, you, when you, you can get everything flowing together, and I'll even use the phrase flowing down, flowing down from an intention. That's where your spirit is. That's the intention of your heart. And then you begin to order your thoughts according to the Word of God and you get your spirit and your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind is what you think. Your will is what you want. Your emotions are what you feel. And none of us is ever going to be all that God has called us to be when we're defending what I want and what I think and what I feel. I have to lay down my soul life and take up His for what He wants and what He thinks and what He feels. Because His mind is better than my mind. His will is greater than my will. And yes, even God has emotions because He laughs over His people and He weeps and cries over those who just don't get it. I'm preaching so good this morning. Are you, a, are you alive? Are you awake in here? When you get your spirit and your soul and your body congruent in your intentions, your thoughts and your words and actions together, spirit, soul and body, and you begin to walk in agreement in yourself, God will move heaven and earth for you. When you abide in Him and His words abide in you, He said you can ask whatever you will. i got to settle down. I'm too excited this last day of the year. You can ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. Your prayers will be listened to and will be acted upon. I love the message. God hears your prayer. Some of you go, I can't get my prayer up above my nose. Well, you know what? If, if you've got faith, you didn't need, it doesn't even need to come out of your mouth. You can just think it and the Lord is connected to it. Are you connected Remember, you've got to make sure that you're plugged into Jesus because a faulty connection means a power failure. Abundant blessings come when I can have individual unity. I can be congruent in my spirit, soul, and body, in my intentions, in my mind, my thoughts, what I've decided in my will. When I, when I get focused, I have some goals for 2018 and I, I'm, I'm getting my mind set. It's, it's around the purpose of God for my life. And it means that I'm to say yes to this means I'm going to have to say no to some other things. Am I helping somebody this morning? Come on, you need unity in your family. Some of you didn't have pleasant experiences at Christmas this time. And don't, don't you think I'm on a high horse for a second because I've had Christmases that I could, I could have defined as having come from hell. Especially in the teenage years. Not in my teenage years, but when my kids were both teenagers at the same time and I thought I was going to lose my mind or kill them, one of the two. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I think it all stems from how mom and dad decide they're going to deal with it and how they're going to treat each other. Listen to this, 1 Peter. I didn't write it down. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Everybody knows wives submit to your husbands. That just gets beat up all the time. 
Because so many times churches are male-dominated and they say, Pastor, make sure you hit that wife's cement to your husband's part. And, you know, that's scripture. But you know what? That's under the heading. It begins by saying submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So there's a mutual submission one to another. And let me just say this. There's not a woman who won't submit to a husband who's willing to do what Christ did for the church. Will you lay lay your life down for her and for those kids? Oh, you were were motivating me for a minute, Pastor, but you're meddling now. I just, just, hurry up, wrap this message up. Come on, come on, preacher, help me. In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Now, don't shut me down. Listen to me. This this is the key. Here it comes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Tell your neighbor, say, are you ready? ready? Listen, treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Some of you are not getting your prayers answered. You need to sit down across from your lovely and go, baby, have I hurt your feelings or offended you in some kind of way? Come on, how many of you brothers want to have a prayer life that when you talk, God listens? Remember those old commercials years ago and you'd have people sitting in a highfalutin' tootie restaurant and a couple of gentlemen dressed in Brioni suits, $10,000 suits are across from each other and they're, they're talking back and forth and a guy almost whispers and he says, well, my broker is E.F. Hutton. And E.F. Hutton says, and the whole crowd stops. Some of I dated myself. That's when I was a kid. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, when I preach, it's like all this stuff. It's like a parade. If you only knew what I was filtering all the time up here. I don't know about you, but I'm having a good time. Is that all right? How many of you know, I'm not E.F. Hutton, but how many of you know when the Lord speaks, how many of you know you need to learn to listen? And how many of you want to have a relationship with God so that when you speak, God listens? What's the answer? Stay connected. Make sure you're plugged into Jesus because a faulty connection means power failure. Your prayers can actually be hindered because you're not treating her right. And you know what? It didn't say anything about her, how she treats you. You're, you are... As the God-anointed man in the house, you are to be the priest of the home. That doesn't mean you're the Lord and putting your, uh, your, your heel down on everybody. It means that you rise up from the bottom up and you serve that house and you serve your wife and you serve your children. And there's no better way to love your kids than to love their mama. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't want my prayers hindered. There, was, there were times. I, I, I'm a passionate guy. I had an amazing, amazing wife. I have wonderful memories of her. But there were times when we would be a little bit cross with each other. And I remember one time I said, Baby, I love you, but I am not going to be in strife with you because I've got too many prayers on the line right now. Now, how can I make it right with you? I love you. We disagree on that. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. But I'm not going to be in strife. How many of you know strife destroys unity? Strife destroys purpose. Strife will destroy your family and your children and your job and your career because it bleeds over into everything. When unity is in, 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 in motion, God shows up. You don't believe that? Let me show you. Second point. Are you getting anything out of this? Here we go. So we want to troubleshoot a power failure. I want to take you back to the Old Testament and I want to show you very quickly a story in Genesis chapter 11 that I think will be familiar to all of you. You might have not have heard it preached on since Sunday school. But I want you to see what happened when a group of people gathered together 
with one purpose and one vision and they didn't even have the problem we have of communication. They, had, they shared one language. You remember this is the story of the Tower of Babel. We are going to troubleshoot a power failure. All right, here we go. At one time, the whole earth spoke the, everybody say it, same language. Uh, it so happened that as they moved out to the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled down. Now, notice the next verse because I'm going to, I'm going to comment as I go so I don't have to read it and go back. This is going to do it along the way. They said to one another, come, let's make bricks and fire them well. They used brick for stone and tar for mortar. Everybody say strategy. So this is the work. We have to take action. Listen, until you set goals that have measurable degrees of progress with action steps, it's not a vision, it's just a fantasy. Because a vision without a strategy is a fantasy. You need a strategy. You need action steps. You need little goals along the way to be able to accomplish what you're trying to do in 2018, whether it's get out of debt, whether it's take a hold of your health and get in better shape, uh, whether it's get organized in the new year. All of these things are so common, so many people make the decision to do these things. It's to break a bad habit. It's to establish a good habit. Whatever you do, I want you to remember this, the 2190 principle. 21 days will break a bad habit. 90 days will establish a good one. And if you can just hang in there and just keep plowing every day, every day, be consistent. You want to become a person in the Word. You want to get in. You know, this is not about reading 15 chapters a day. This is about reading maybe just a few verses and getting in the Word of God and being connected to the Word. It's, about, it's not about getting on your knees and praying two hours before day. It, it, it may be just be joining with your family, not even necessarily every day. Maybe it's a meal or two a week, or maybe it's before everybody breaks up and goes to work and goes to school, and you just take five minutes and you pray for their day. Come on, dads, what would it be in your house if you would just step up to the plate and say, you know what, I'm going to lead family prayer once a week in this house And just see what God does to begin to produce unity in your family. I dare you. I dare you to take the challenge and see what the Lord will do. He says, "Uh, come let us make bricks. So that's their strategy. That's their action, their work. Look at verse 4. Then they said, come let's build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches heaven. That's their vision. They have a picture of a desired future. That's what they're putting their faith in. They're reaching into the unknown, into the invisible, and they're pulling from the invisible down into the visible realm because they have action steps and a strategy and they have a big vision and they have a goal that is set out there in front of them and they're moving and working toward it. And everybody, the Bible says, they said to one another, I love it. So they're all saying the same thing. And then he says, let's make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered here and there across the earth. That's their mission. They're making bricks. That's their work and their action. They're building a a, a tower and a city. That's their vision. But their purpose, their mission, their mission statement is, we want to make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered across the earth. Now look at what happens. They are so united. What? Read read it with me. Read Read the bold. God, what? Came down to look. Now how many of you know this is the biblical principle? When you get unified, God will show up. Come on, Jesus said it this way. He said, if two or three of you can get together, I'll show up just to see it. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the Michael Smith translation. Let me give you the religious one. Let me give it to you in King Jimmy. If two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. 
And that sounds good, but how many of you know how hard it is to get two or three Christians together and get them to just still agree on the big things? <laughs> the, the Smith translation says, if two or three of you can get your act together long enough, I'll show up just to see it. And guess what? When he shows up, all of his resources show up with him. Come on, somebody. God came down to look over the city and the tower those people had built. Unity gets God's attention. God took one look and said, one people, one language, why this is only a first step. No telling what they'll come up with next. They'll stop at nothing. God sees potential in their humanistic, apart from God, ability to be able to accomplish a task because they had understood the critical importance of being unified, being a unified church, being a unified individual, congruent in your spirit, soul, and body, being a unified school, being a unified community. He says, come, we'll go down and garble their speech so they won't understand each other. Then God scattered them from there all over the world. And they had to quit building the city. That's how it came to be called Babel. Because their God turned their language into Babel. From there God scattered them all over the world. Now I have just a couple of principles to draw from this and I'm finished. There is power in unity. Unity and the power of connection was the title of this message. And my one thing remember is this. Make sure you're plugged into Jesus. Because a faulty connection means a power failure. When we are unified around a godly vision, they were unified around a humanistic vision to make themselves famous. We as a people are here to make the name of Jesus famous. Right. How many of you know, I don't, let me just give you, this is so interesting and I wish I had time to, to preach it this morning, but my, my time's run out and I'm finishing. Everything they tried to do in their own strength that God shut down, God promised every one of those things to Abraham in the very next chapter. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make your name great. And because of you, every family on the planet is going to be blessed. Isn't that something? They tried it on their own, got united. We're strong enough that God says, no, I've got to stir up something in this to shut this thing down because they've realized the power of unity. But then he finds one man and he speaks to his heart and he calls him out when Abraham wasn't even seeking God. But nothing special about Abraham. He was not a Jew. He was an Iraqi. He was worshiping the moon. And God came on the hunt looking for him and he submitted his heart. And the Bible says he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. How many of you know the only thing that you need to get a full connection to Jesus is faith? Everybody say believe. So when you believe and you put your trust in him, that's the connection. That's what's been holding you up. You're a light bulb full of potential. But until you're connected, until you believe, until you make that connection with Jesus, there's power failure. They were saying the same thing. Communication is key to unity. How do you talk to your spouse at home? How do you, how do you speak to your children? How do you deal with the neighbor that aggravates you? How do you, how do you speak about the last president or the current one? I, I forbade people from sending me things that trashed Obama, because I just didn't want it. I said, no, I'm called to pray for him. And you know what? The one that's in there embarrasses the fool out of me right now sometimes. Sometimes I just go, God, break Twitter for him. Can I just tell you the truth? I'm serious. I just want to go, my 
goodness, man. And, and I said, I want to start because I, I never got in this pulpit and I never trashed President Obama and I'm not going to trash President Trump. And I just want to tell you, we are not called to do any of that. We're called to pray for those that are in authority over us. And you can't pray out of one side and bless them and say, God, give them wisdom. Lord, help him to have a little bit of discernment. And Lord, give him smart people around him to make up. I've got to be careful how I'm praying and what I'm saying here. You can't bless out of one side of your mouth and then curse next time you're with somebody at coffee. I don't care whether you voted for him or not. And I'm making everybody uncomfortable. Some of you voted for me and think I shouldn't say this much. Some of you didn't vote for me, can't stand him. And I was, therefore I'm trying to help everybody. How did I even get there? Forgive me, Father. Say the same thing. Bless this nation. We will never get out of the mess we're in because of a political savior. And neither one of the parties are, be, are going to be the ones that lead us out of it. It's going to be the kingdom of God. It'll be a revival. It'll be reformation that takes place in the, the grassroots level of this nation. It'll be something the news media can't explain, but they'll literally be, they'll literally be bombastic over what is happening. That's what I'm praying for. I told you I'm excited. This is the last day of the year. There, there are no fumes running down. My tank is full, bless God. I'm ready to roll into 2018. I can sit up and watch the ball drop and don't even need any bubbly to keep me awake. Hallelujah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If you want a little bit of it, just be moderate. So much I have to qualify. He got offended over that and she got offended over that. And just paint the target. Send the emails to Michael A. Smith, 316yahoo.com. That's the account that I don't check. <laughs> I told you I was going to turn up in here this morning. Some of y'all going to turn up tonight. I'm going to turn up this morning. Is your prayer life connected? Let me just make it plain. Do you pray? Do you go all week long and not talk to the Lord? I'm I'm not being a Pharisee when I say that. I don't understand that. I don't understand how people wonder why their life's a mess and don't ever take anything to the Lord. Well, I just know that he's having to deal with all the big stuff. He doesn't need to deal with all my... Are you kidding me? He's God. He's intricately interested in all the little stuff of your life. Do you pray? I'm in prayer all the time. I'm not on my face crying tears. I'm driving down the road and I'm praying. I'm sitting in meetings sometimes and my... My lips aren't moving. I'm not making a sound, but I'm thinking, Lord, help this person. I'm just, you know, help us, Lord. We need some help up in here. All right, let me, let me make it a little bit harder now. You're praying, but there's not an answer. And just because you're not getting an answer doesn't mean that you need to quit praying. First of all, I want to ask you a real diagnostic question. This is a spiritual Doctor question here. Is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, then the Lord will not hear my prayer. So if I'm just out practicing in a known sin that I know better, and I think God's just going to wink at it, the only prayer He's going to hear you pray first is, Father, forgive me 
I turn to you. Change my heart. Forgive my sin. Once you make that right with him, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then the floodgates are open. I have an open heaven. I can ask what I will. Get his will in me from the word. Get his will in me from his spirit and his presence. Then I can be at home with him and his words are at home with me. And I can ask whatever I will and my prayers will be listened to and acted upon. I love it. My notes disappeared and I'm at the last spot. I'm not going to wing it for 10 minutes. I'm going to finish it. Here it is. Is your prayer life connected? Is there unconfessed sin in your life? Are you connected to the Word? Do you have a Bible? If you don't, we'll give you one. If you have one, do you open it? Nobody has an excuse anymore these days. Well, Pastor, I'm just not a reader. Guess what? Get you a little Bible app on your phone on your computer, your desktop, your laptop, your any kind of electronic device, it's called version, and you can plug in a scripture and it will read it out loud to you. And I think it's even better because sometimes when I'm reading, I have it read it to me and I'm looking at the words while it's being read to me because I want it to wash over me. Yeah. I want to get it on the inside of me. Because yeah. he says, if you will abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will. Are you honoring the Word? If you're in the Word, are you honoring the Word? Because it's one thing to be a hearer of the Word and not a doer. But we need to walk in it and honor it. Let me just, let me just tell you this right now. Righteousness doesn't mean that we're perfect. It just means I'm in right standing with God. It means I just keep my heart right. The only perfect one is Jesus. And I'm growing to become more like Him. And God fixes, fixes sometimes to fix the fix that I'm in. Some of you went through this year what you went through because you actually asked God to help you in an area and help you grow. And how many of you know sometimes when you grow, you have to kind of dig around the roots and, and, and you have to cultivate a little bit. And sometimes you have to throw a little fertilizer on it. Now, I'm going to translate that very carefully. Some of you had some fertilizer thrown at you this year. It was a plant one time Jesus came to and he says, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give it one more year. Dig it and dung it. How many of you know some of you feel like you've been dug and dung this year? That's in the Bible. Don't, don't send me an email about that one. That's in the Bible. <laughs> dig it and dung it. You know what? Are we in the word? Are we honoring the word? And then finally this morning, I will ask you this simply. Are you connected to Jesus? Because you can be like those three light bulbs that were just slightly disconnected. You can be in church. You can have your spot. You can be basking in the light and the glow of everybody else around you and thinking everything's okay. But on the inside, you know there's just some deadness. There's not this spiritual excitement. There's no effervescence of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing bubbling up. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants you to start 2018 with, with bubbly in your spirit. He wants you to start 2018 with being filled with the Holy Spirit that brings you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I challenge you this morning to not take anything out of 2017 that's hindered your prayers into 2018. Any kind of disunity, 
any kind of unsettling between you and a spouse, a loved one, a child, hurt at somebody here in the congregation. Let's deal with anything that would cause us to be disconnected in our unity. Because if we can get unified and guard the unity, God will come down and look at it. And I believe God's going to come down and look at us in 2018 like He never has before. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Bow your hearts with me for a word of prayer. Jesus, I thank you.